Well, good morning. I don't know about you, but I just love that we all wear red because to stand up here and see all of you is just really cool. So happy Pentecost. Uh, I'm Pastor Michelle, the associate pastor, and we welcome all of you, those of you here in the room and those of you who are worshiping with us online to this time this morning. If you would like to follow along with the sermon, um, if you'll open our app under the worship tab, there you'll find sermon notes. Today is the last Um, of a three-part series on joy. Uh, And uh, the first Sunday, Reverend Nicole uh, preached on the joy of worship, and last Sunday on the joy of community. And today, we're um, hearing about, studying about the joy of the Spirit and celebrating Pentecost. The joy of the Spirit is this deep, internal sense of God's presence in our lives, which gives us the ability to be content, not just in good times, but also uh, in hard times. It enables us to trust that when we sense the Spirit at work in our lives, we should pay attention to what God is saying to us and what God is asking of us, and to know that the joy God gives us never goes away. Now, this was a week as I was preparing to speak on the joy of the Spirit that I needed to be reminded that this gift of joy is ours to have in all situations. I think we are all still reeling from the shooting in Texas and from another in Oklahoma and from others that didn't make the news but that happened all the same. It's heavy knowing that the roots of discrimination run deep and that there are too many people who feel unwelcomed and unvalued based on who they are. And I learned this week of the very sudden death of a friend from high school um, who leaves behind a wife and two adolescent children. And so in the midst of all that, as I was preparing this week, I had several moments where I just thought, God, how do you want me to preach on joy? in the midst of all of what's going on. And then I was packing my office and I was going through a stack of cards and notes that people have sent over the years. And um, two small pieces of paper appeared in that pile. Joy and joy. And I thought, okay God, let's go preach on joy. It gave me this sense of assurance, and it was is as if God was reminding me that joy is ours to have in all situations. Joy, this gift that we get from God, is a powerful gift. It's at work at, in each of us and through us in the world. And today, as we celebrate Pentecost, it is this celebration of the Holy Spirit coming to Jesus' followers after his death and resurrection and ascension, and through that, the birth of the church. So the setting for today's scripture um, is uh, in Jerusalem. There are two uh, festivals of Pentecost. There is a a Jewish tradition called, it was the festival of Shavuot, It was an agricultural festival that happened 50 days after the Passover, and Jewish males from all over that part of the world would come to the temple in Jerusalem to offer their first fruits of their harvest. And then in the Christian tradition, for us, 
we celebrate it as the coming of the Holy Spirit to the disciples, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, the time when the Holy Spirit was given to those believers in Jerusalem, and this was really their commissioning. This was their time to to have the final green light, to go and do what Jesus had taught them to do and what God needed them to do. Today's passage is from Acts. It is a long one, um, but I wish we had the time uh, to hear it twice. I encourage you to read it this week, to take some time um, and to sit with it and read it. It is rich um, in description, rich in images. And so I invite you to take a deep breath and to sit back and to hear this passage from Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the Lord's followers were together in one place. Suddenly, there was a noise from heaven like the sound of a mighty wind. It filled the house where they were meeting. And then they saw what looked like fiery tongues moving in all directions. And a tongue came and settled on each person there. The Holy Spirit took control of everyone, and they began speaking whatever languages the Spirit let them speak. Many religious Jews from every country in the world were living in Jerusalem. And when they heard this noise, a crowd gathered. But they were surprised because they were hearing everything in their own languages. They were excited and amazed and said, Don't all these who are speaking come from Galilee? Then why do we hear them speaking our very own languages? Some of us are from Parthia, Media, and Elam. Others are from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya near Cyrene, Rome, Crete, and Arabia. Some of us were born Jews, and others of us have chosen to be Jews. Yet we hear them using our own languages to tell the wonderful things God has done. Everyone was excited and confused. Some of them even kept asking each other, what does all this mean? Others made fun of the Lord's followers and said they are drunk. Peter stood with the 11 apostles and spoke in a loud and clear voice to the crowd. Friends and everyone else living in Jerusalem, listen carefully to what I have to say. You are wrong to think that these people are drunk. After all, it is only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is what God told the prophet Joel to say. When the last days come, I will give my spirit to everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will have dreams. In those days, I will give my spirit to my servants, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will work miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will turn dark and the moon will be as red as blood before the great and wonderful day of the Lord appears. Then the Lord will save everyone who asks for his help. This is the word of God for the people of God. Okay, so there is a lot there, right? But did you get a sense of the richness of the description of what happened in that room? I want to go back and look at just the first verses one more time. On the day of Pentecost, all the Lord's followers were together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from heaven like the sound of a mighty wind. It filled the house where they were meeting. 
And then they saw what looked like fiery tongues moving in all directions. And a tongue came and settled on each person there. So just in those few verses, we get the sense that in this small closed-up room where the disciples have gathered, there is a lot going on. There is this loud, powerful, mighty wind. And there are what looks like tongues of fire that come and rest. And there are those that are gathered Wind and fire occur in other places in Bible in relation to the movement or the action of God or God's spirit. We might think of God using Moses to part the Red Sea with a strong wind, or Moses encountering God in the fire of the burning bush. Big and powerful and obvious ways. But there are also times when we might sense God's spirit in small and subtle ways. It might be a feeling It might be in a time of prayer. You might sense God in a piece of beautiful music or somewhere outside that's beautiful. And I think sometimes God's spirit can move so quietly and so subtly that if we're not paying attention or expecting it to move, we miss it. The writer of Acts tells us that there was a sound like a mighty wind For those of us that live in this part of California, we know what the sound of a powerful and mighty wind is. We know the sound that shakes the house and rattles things and keeps us awake at night. Strong winds are hard to ignore. They carry great power. I want you to think of a time. Have you experienced God as a powerful presence leading or calling you to something in a way that you can't ignore. For me, it has been in my call to ordained ministry. Over and over and over, I have heard and felt God's movement in powerful ways. I have felt that mighty wind blow through me and around me, and I am learning more and more to be faithful to it. I was at my new church a couple weeks ago, and I will tell you um, that I sensed it there as well, assuring me that if I show up at Mission Hills United Methodist Church, ready and open for God to do what God will do, just as I have showed up here for so many years, that God and I are going to do a lot of work in that church and with that congregation and with those people. And I know that God will continue to be a strong and mighty wind here for you in Valencia with your new pastors. The second thing in this passage that I want us to notice is the visual image. Tongues of fire settled on each person there. Another version of the scripture says that the fire rested on each person there. When we make the choice to believe in and follow Jesus, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. It settles or rests on us. It marks the beginning of our Christian experience of our discipleship. It strengthens us to follow Jesus into the world in ways that share God's love and grace to all people. Flames and fire are the purifying power of God the power that is given to each of us through the Holy Spirit, which makes it possible for us to be more fully open to God's work of transformation in our lives. It allows us to set ourselves aside so that we can be filled with God 
and that we can become more like Jesus. And I believe that the world, now more than ever, needs us to be a lot more like Jesus. This power brings us to seek forgiveness and to accept God's grace and to be people whose lives point other people to God. You and I can't be who God needs us to be in the world on our own. We can't join with other Christians to be a force for good and for peace and for justice without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. The third part of this passage to note today is the miracle that occurred as the people who who were there from other places in Jerusalem could hear in their own language what was being said. These people had come from far places. They were from the far east and the far west, from Africa and the desert and even islands. They had come to worship God and to offer their offerings to God. On my second trip to Nicaragua, We went to church on Sunday morning. The service was in Spanish because we were in Nicaragua. And I don't speak Spanish. So while I could get the sense by the music and the parts of the liturgy what was happening, I couldn't understand what the pastor was saying until partway through his sermon, knowing that there were a group of 20 of us English speakers there began to speak in English. And it took me a second to realize that I suddenly could understand what he was saying. And several of us looked at each other to make sure that it wasn't just us that was suddenly hearing English. Until that point, and he did it as an act of welcome and hospitality. But until that point, I could hear him, but I couldn't understand him. Transformation of our lives comes through understanding that God's spirit is a gift to us. And through us, it is a gift to others who are seeking their own transformation. This story represents the beginning of the spread of the gospel to the world. The Spirit enabled those gathered not only to hear but to understand that all of the good that God had done in the world, from creation to rescuing God's people from persecution and oppression to healing and deliverance, was available to them as well. There was good news to be heard about Jesus and how God had sent him to rescue people and to give life and hope and to bring healing. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, those gathered heard and understood in a personal way that this good news was for them. The joy we have in the Spirit is good news for us today because it promises that you and I have already been given the gifts that when ignited within us and used for building up Christ's church, make a difference. The wind of the Spirit has blown in and around us, and the fire of God's Spirit rests on each of us today. There are three things I want us to take from today to go home with to think about this week. And the first is that the Spirit is for everyone In last week's sermon, uh, Reverend Nicole told us that the separations and distinctions that we make between people based on all kinds of things, gender, sexual orientation, race, finances, education, age, don't have a place in God's kingdom and in what Jesus taught. 
Through the Spirit, we are united as one body, as the body of Christ in the world, with all parts and all people united in our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. In today's passage, at the end of the passage, Peter references the prophet Joel and his message that God was for all people in all nations. It says in part, I will give my spirit to everyone, male and female, young and old, servants and free. God's spirit that comes through Jesus is for all people. You and I don't get to apply values of worth based on what someone looks like, how they vote, who they love, what language they speak. God's spirit is available to all people. The Spirit empowers us to live in ways that share the good news of Jesus in the world. The call that we have to, as followers of Jesus is to share the gospel with all people, not something that we can do on our own. We are reliant on God's Spirit to work through us. Now, I don't know if you caught it. At the beginning of today's passage, a small group, the disciples, were together, closed off in a small room until there is a shift and they were out in the open where all of the people were gathered. A reminder that this message was not just for those who had been a part of Jesus' closest circle. This message was also for those who had gathered outside maybe those who had heard of Jesus but didn't yet know him. The Spirit called them and calls us and empowers us to an ever-expanding area. The places that are familiar and comfortable to us are not to be the full extent of our work. We are called to go out into the world so that all people would experience the love and grace of God. And then this. What the Holy Spirit prompts us to do is not always easy, but it is always right. The disciples were called to leave the safety of their meeting room and go out into the unknown. And that call exists for us today as we go out into the unknown of relationships, vocation, leadership, all kinds of things. If you have experienced this in some way, a time when you were obedient to God, even when you didn't know what would happen, I would bet that in hindsight, if you take the opportunity to look back, you might just find that it was a time in which your faith and your trust grew. I'll be commissioned as an elder in two weeks. It will be a time of public affirmation of what God has called me to do, And like our last point, it has not always been easy. And I don't know all that's going to happen going forward. But I know in the depth of my soul that it is right. It is right. And all I have had to do was be faithful, to pay attention and to listen for the subtle things that I might have missed and for those big winds that often blew to listen and to pay attention and to be faithful. I found uh, this video this week, uh, Dr. Barbara A. Holmes. She is um, a contemplative, an um, activist, a writer, and a theologian. And I brought just a part of the video for you, uh, for us to watch today. Spirit is also part of who we are, 
because we have fire shut up in our bones. Okay, so the fire shut up in our bones recognizes the fire that descends upon them and the spirit lands on the women and the men in that room and they're never the same again. And you know they're never the same again because Jesus is gone. And the smart thing to do at that point is to disperse into the village, say nothing more, mind your business, and tend your own garden. But each of them takes the radical path towards sacrifice, and ultimately many of them death. Because what they've seen, what they've been imbued with, has released the fire within them, and it cannot be quenched by anything other than obedience to God. What's that fire do? It's, it's a passion that whatever gift you've been given, that you are to disperse throughout this earth, it brings joy to the giving. So I can't not write. I can't, I can't, I couldn't stop writing if my life depended on it. When I stop for practical reasons, it keeps writing in my brain. So there is a fire, a passion that's given to me about writing that maybe other people don't have, but they have another kind of passion. With that fire and spirit is available to everyone? Absolutely everyone. Because of that divine spark. What do you think divine spark is? It's fire. Fire. Shut up in our bones. It, it's like the, um, the flame on Kennedy's grave. It's always lit. Not necessarily at a high, high level, but it's there. All you need to do is turn toward it, accept that gift that you were given, and I just love her. I don't know where she lives, but I'd like to go there and um, go have lunch or coffee with her. Just listen to her wisdom. I have served here with you for a long time. It has been a season rich in growth and care and grace. And as I get ready to say goodbye to you here, I believe that you are in such good hands and the Spirit of God is gonna continue to do amazing good things through you. And I'm gonna take what I've learned here and go to San Diego and I'm gonna do what we have learned to do together. And so I hope that with me, you will um, acknowledge that own light that's in you that light of the spirit that God has given to you and that you would turn toward it and that you would accept it and that you would let it burn. Because when we do that, we find God's joy in the spirit. Let us pray. <clears throat>